0: Good morning. It's been an incredible weekend. What a wonderful retreat. And uh, the Lord has given me one more talk. So we're going to try and bring it all together to a climax this morning um, and continue to celebrate and reflect upon who he is and who we are and the good things that he's doing in and through us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for the joy it is to be your people in Christ Jesus, and to be on mission with him together in this city for your glory. And we ask, Lord, that by the presence of your Holy Spirit here in this room and in our hearts, that we would see you, that we would know you, that we would be inspired to continue to come to you and to imitate you and to continue your mission and ministry in all of our spheres of influence and along the Broadway corridor throughout this city and to the ends of the earth. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. I want to continue our discussion, our reflection, our bond together in the Lord and what it means to be a loving family of interdependent churches, extending the kingdom of God along the Broadway corridor in this movement called Mission 368 uh, by sharing a little bit about what it is that holds it all together, that lifts us up and gives us joy and power and moves us out, sends us out to be the people of God in the world. The gospel the Holy Spirit, and the community that God has brought us into around his son, Jesus. I want to um, briefly go through the book of Acts. Don't be scared. <laughs> but uh, but I, think it's, I think it's really, really powerful to see how the witness of God, how the message of Jesus um, spreads. And really a better title for the book of Acts is The Good News Spreads Under the Guidance of the Holy Spirit. And it's in the book of Acts that we see the story of the origin and the development of the early church. And here we see the heart of mission. Churches are the result of evangelism that leads to discipleship and forms gospel community. Let me say it a different way. Speaking about Jesus leads to people following and imitating Jesus together in community, which results in new expressions of the church. And it's really really cool how this movement, this missional movement, is um, kind of divided up into six different sections throughout the book of Acts. And Jesus sets the agenda in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, saying, but you will receive power... Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't need that? Not by what you do or what you earn or how you can pull yourself together. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And it won't be just for your sake. It won't be just for your good and your benefit and your life. It will be so that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the rest of Acts is how this commissioning and this consecration is played out and fulfilled. There's this geographical focus to the spread of the gospel. And I'm going to go too fast for you to follow through uh, in your Blue Bibles or in your Bible through the book of Acts. But really what I want to do is I want to whet your appetite so that tonight or tomorrow or this week, you'll actually pick up the book of Acts and read through it. Because what Luke is showing us is that the message of Jesus spreads under the Spirit's guidance. The good news spreads under the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a little romp through the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 verse 12 through chapter 6 verse 7. This is the first movement. The missional movement begins where? What city? Jerusalem. Peter preaches the message. Jesus of Nazareth is Messiah and Lord who completes the long story of Israel and fulfills the loving pursuit of the one true living God rescuing and redeeming the world. It is an incredible sermon. You can read it in Acts chapter 2. And how do people respond? They repent and they believe and they are baptized. People are healed. Apostles are arrested. The suffering for Jesus becomes a badge of honor. Passion for Jesus and his gospel is not low-key. If your witness went unnoticed or you weren't offending someone outside the church, you probably weren't really following Jesus. And this missional movement in Jerusalem culminates with this description in Acts chapter 6 verse 7 and the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And then it goes on to Acts chapter 6 verse 8 through 931. The message of Jesus spreads from Jerusalem to Judea, to Galilee and Samaria. New leaders are chosen. Stephen is martyred. Persecution breaks out and believers are scattered from Jerusalem. And yet the gospel continues to be proclaimed. People repent and believe. There guess what, even more baptisms. And this section of the message of Jesus spreading under the Spirit's guidance culminates with this description in acts chapter 9 verse 31 so the church throughout all judea and galilee and samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear the reverence of the lord and in the comfort of the holy spirit it multiplied And then the story moves to Acts chapter 9, verse 32 to 12, 24. And the message of Jesus spreads from the coastlands all the way up to Syria and beyond. Paul is converted. Peter starts having prophetic visions. And the word of God continues to go forth and bear much fruit for the Father's glory. Commoners and well-respected public figures alike hear and respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. Healing happens, discipleship leads to worship, and new churches start in places as far away as Antioch. And this section of the good news, spreading under the Spirit's guidance, culminates in this description in Acts chapter 12, verse 24. And the word of God increased and multiplied. Are you catching a theme yet? You see the trend. You see the pattern. It moves on to Acts uh, chapter 12, 25 through sixteen five. The message of Jesus spreads from Antioch to Cyprus to Galatia to Rome. Paul and Barnabas go on their first missionary journey. The gospel, again, is proclaimed. People repent and believe. Guess what happens? More baptisms, healing happens, demons are driven out. Yes, there are issues and setbacks and disappointments and opposition galore. Nevertheless, the people of God share the message of God and a clear demonstration of the power of God, and people are saved. Disciples make disciples. Leaders raise up leaders. Churches help start other churches. And Jesus continues to be embraced as the forgiver of sin and the leader of life. And this section of the good news spreading under the Spirit's guidance culminates in this description in Acts 16, verse 5. The churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Not yearly, not monthly, daily. Wow. Wow. The movement goes to uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 19, 20. Paul and Barnabas go on their second missionary journey around the northern part of the Mediterranean from Jerusalem to Galatia to Macedonia uh, and uh, Achaia. It's strengthening the churches in Derby and Lystra and Iconium and Philippi and Thessalonica and Athens and Corinth and Ephesus. And the message of Jesus is shared in the power of the Spirit And it is an unstoppable force. Healing and forgiveness and belonging and hope are welling up and prevailing in people's lives and families. New leaders are raised up and sent out. And Paul goes on a third missionary journey. Nothing can stop the mission and nothing can stop the ministry of Jesus. And this section of the good news spreading under the Spirit's guidance culminates in this description in Acts 19, 20. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. And finally... Acts chapter 19, 21 through 28, 31. Paul is facing extraordinary persecution and yet continues to share the hope of the gospel with great clarity and boldness. Ultimately, he's confined to house arrest by the emperor, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that um, he's in a tough, in a dark, and a predominantly unbelieving city. It doesn't matter that he's on the wrong side of politics. It doesn't matter that the government hates him and is about to execute him. Paul continues to share the message of Jesus. He continues to make disciples. He continues to invest in new leaders and sends them out to take new territory for the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said... All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and I am calling you to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And as you go, place after place, day after day, I'm going to be with you as you do that, and I'm giving you one who's greater than me, the Holy Spirit, who's going to do it in you and through you. You need his power, and that's why he's coming. It's an unstoppable force. Nothing can hold the gospel back. And the word of God spreads. Jesus sets the agenda in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so Luke shows us what happens when the people of Jesus share the message of Jesus for the fame of Jesus the good news spreads under the Spirit's guidance. Evangelism leads to discipleship, forming gospel community and resulting in new churches. That's our story, y'all. That's the story that God continues to write in and through our lives today. And so the question is, How do we continue to fulfill that story, to continue Jesus's mission and ministry? You want the really complicated, complex answer? In the same way. Nothing's changed. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. We are his people. His spirit is alive and at work through the church today as the main instrument for extending the kingdom of God so that the lost can be found and the found can be discipled and the disciple can be raised up as leaders who go and do the same. We continue to fulfill Jesus' mission and ministry today in three ways. It's the same three ways that we just heard were going on in the romp through the book of Acts. Acts. And the first is sharing the message of Jesus. Faith comes from hearing the message about Jesus. Faith comes when we speak Jesus. And the the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the seed of the gospel falls on good soil and there starts to sprout and bear fruit. Faith comes from hearing the message about Jesus. So helping people meet Jesus means talking to people about Jesus. And the reality is is that when we know Jesus, we want to talk about Jesus. It's when we don't really know him or because we're not fully a part of his life that makes us ashamed to talk about him. Anybody know who this is? Who's this? Okay. little intimidated there. I thought y'all knew her. What's her name? Logan. Okay. See? There's no shame in knowing Logan. She's awesome. Um, just out of curiosity, ra- raise your hand if you had not had a chance to meet Logan yet. Just raise your hand. Don't be shy. It's okay. Okay. So about half of us know Logan. About half of us don't. Interesting. Um, someone tell me some things about Logan. What do you know about Logan. She only had one shoe yesterday, very specific, I like that What else do we know about Logan? She's the oldest child, what else do we know about Logan? She what? She is really smart, I've known Logan since she was born She, um, She grew up loving Disney movies She has an incredible voice, she loves to sing She's a voracious reader, she reads more than about any kid that I know Um, She has an incredible servant's heart. I don't know if you've ever seen her alongside Michaela out here, just sweeping floors, mopping floors, helping with the hospitality team. Um, She just started the ninth grade. She is an amazing young disciple and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, How many of y'all know um, what instrument she plays? Okay. How many know what other instrument she plays? How many of you know what other instrument she plays? Does, any, does anybody know that she plays the tin flute? There's always something we can learn about Logan, isn't there? Um, what does she want to be when she grows up? A heart surgeon, there you go. Hey, watch, watch this on the tin flute. How awesome is that? It's kind of Danny boy meets the Lord of the Rings, right? Now, when when you, you, those of you who don't know Logan, like, do you want to know Logan now? Of course you do. And why is it that you want to know Logan now? Because you just found out something about her, and it's really cool. Now, here's another photo. Who is it? Jesus. Okay. In the, in the prophetic words of Ricky Bobby, when you're picking a picture of Jesus, you can pick baby Jesus. You can pick bearded Jesus, whatever Jesus you like. This is the Jesus that I want to preach about right now. Okay. Tell me something about him. <laughs> Tell, not, don't, don't give me heretical teaching about him. Tell me something about Jesus. What do you know about Jesus that you hold to be true in your heart? He's a great teacher. He saved you. What else? Son of God, he loves you. He healed you. He what? He's a humble servant. Redeemed you. Love the poor. He's Lord. He's holy. He's truth. Like the more that we know Jesus, the more that we want to talk about Jesus, the more that Jesus has made an impact on our lives, we can't help. We can't hold back telling other people. How is it that other people come to know Jesus like we know him? Faith comes from hearing, and hearing the message of God through you. Now, we can't do that without the presence and the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we continue to fulfill Jesus' mission today by sharing the message of Jesus, but also by welcoming the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit either freaks us out, or we know the Holy Spirit, and we're continuing to be less freaked out by His presence and power. But everything the Holy Spirit does is good, lifts up Jesus and helps us to become more like him and participate in what he's doing. Jesus never intended us to be freaked out by the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit is better than I am and I'm sending you, him to you because you need him. And he's gonna do good in your life and through your life. Um, this morning, I had a, um, a little freak out experience. Um, we have... Uh, a house full of guests. And so um, there are cars um, in front of our street, which is a big no-no where I live. You don't park your car in the front of the street because you'll get a ticket. And so Michael and I are talking before we go to bed. And I'm like, well, just put it in front of our house and let's face it the right way. And if we get a ticket, we get a ticket, our driveway's full, there's no more room. And so he parks his car out there. And I walk out this morning and I realized that Amanda had swapped our cars and she parked my car out there. And you know, I wasn't real worried about Michael getting a ticket, but I was upset that I might get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, um, <laughs> and so I go, and, and this is, you know, six six fifteen 6.30, 6.30 in the morning, and I, and I get in my car. I shut the door. Um, it wasn't locked, by the way. And I turn on the ignition. I turn on my lights. <laughs> it's okay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I And I look. And there's there's a little love note, there's a little love note, not not on the outside of my car, not underneath the windshield wiper, inside the car, in front of the steering wheel where the odometer and speedometer are. I'm like, you got to get inside my car to write me this kind of love note, all right? So I'm feeling my personal space is being violated. And, um... And I read the note, and it's from um, a police officer who got in my car <laughs> at four eighteen this morning and chose not to give me a ticket, but to love me and bless me and help me by reminding me that I shouldn't be parking there, that my door was unlocked. And that I should use better safety procedures. Now, that was for my good. That was for my benefit. And I was looking for a sermon illustration. And so I think that's it. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Yes, sometimes it feels like he's breaking into our personal space. But in reality, he's doing that to keep out the bad and to bring in the good, to help us line up with who Jesus is and how Jesus calls us to live, not to punish us or to freak us out, but to bless us and build us up and to give us power to live no longer for ourselves, but for Christ who was raised for us. I wanna encourage you on September 4th, not just to be here, not just to be open to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, but to get up and to go to a prayer and healing team and ask for a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends him to us because he's good. We need to continue to grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, and we need to continually ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And third and finally, the way we continue to fulfill Jesus's mission today is by loving one another. Now, um, toward the end of his life and at the end of the book of Acts, where is Paul? In what city? He's in Rome. And even as much as Paul is an incredible apostle, an incredible teacher, an incredible theologian, Probably more than anything else, he's an incredible spiritual father and a really good friend to God's family. And at the end of his life, facing persecution, where people hate him, where he's on the wrong side of politics in a very dark city, at the end of his letter to the believers in Rome in chapter 16, he shares his love for the family. He says, and I'm not going to get all these names right, okay? But I'm going to go for it anyway. Paul, Paul writes this. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the Lord at Centuria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a worthy way um, as the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet pres- Scylla and Achilla, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epinitus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you, Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliades, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stychus. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Typhoneia and Typhosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus. There's a name we don't use as much. Chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Philegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss, a sign of love and affection and reverence. And all the churches of Christ greet you. This is an amazing part of an incredible letter that gets far too little attention. And what we see here is that the kingdom of God, the message of Jesus works in and through the hearts of people. As disciples make disciples, and as communities form around the gospel, and as new churches are started. You know what's incredible about this list? It's multi-generational and it's multi-ethnic. There's a clear sense of interdependency that happens when the kingdom of God comes and Jesus transforms our lives. There's a great affection for one another there's an amazing sense of gratitude at the great things that God is doing personally and in others and amongst the people in the places where they live. And because they are all committed to a single focus, and the single focus is being witnesses of Jesus, clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit, wherever they are, whoever they're with, whatever they're doing. Evangelism leads to discipleship that forms community, that results in new churches. Now, this month is my five-year anniversary of God's call on my life to come be here with you to continue this mission and ministry. And after five years of being your church planter and senior pastor and spiritual father in God, it began to fill my heart. If I was about to die, if I was about to be executed, what would I write? And I'm not going to get all these names right, but this is from my heart Greet Amanda my beloved bride, my faithful and supporting companion in life. You are God's greatest gift to me, and I love you with all my heart. Greet Tom and Leslie, Rick and Carol, Brad and Linda, my co-laborers in Christ since the beginning. You've loved me, you've suffered for me, you've protected me, you've prayed for me, I love you, and I'm so grateful for Christ in you. Greet Marcus and Lucy, my dear friends in Christ, who love and serve the body with his compassion and gentleness and great care. Greet Britt, my true son in the faith. May the God who has begun a good work in him bring it to completion and perfection in Christ Jesus for the sake of the kingdom here in San Antonio. Greet Sandy and Gigi, faithful and true partners in mission. I give thanks to God for you and for your family and for the joy of ministering alongside you. Greet Jonathan and Kathy and all the saints who meet in their home and who are coming to a knowledge and love of the Lord of Jesus Christ and helping others do the same. Greet Cynthia and Martha, Rosalind and Annie, who are faithful and consistent and bold in prayer, knowing that nothing of kingdom significance happens in the absence of Greet Hannah, a beloved daughter of Christ, whose heart is beautiful even in the midst of suffering, who takes courage and continues to be strengthened in the Lord. Greet Joanne, our dear sister in Christ, in her anguish and sadness as she receives the comfort and the peace of knowing that her beloved is with the Lord. Greet Lance, who loves and serves the Lord so well, and Rosalind. They love us. They love our children. Greet Melinda, through whom the good news of life and salvation is Christ all over the world. Greet Tony, who works tirelessly to create a space where those who worship the Father can worship him in spirit and in truth. Greet Elizabeth. And Sylvia and Michelle, my dear sisters in Christ, the Lord is doing an amazing work in your lives. Make disciples. Greet Pamela and Doug, filled with a deep love for Jesus and a passion to see everyone come to know him. Greet Andrew, my son in the Lord, who's stepping boldly into the call that God has on his life. Andrew preached the gospel. Greet Wayne and Amy, who seen God work miracles and shared those miracles with us. Greet Joshua and Marcella, who I had the blessing of marrying, who are now training up Christian in the knowledge and the love of the Lord. Greet Michaela, a true servant and sister in Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. Greet Carrie Lee and Heidi. The beauty of your voices is surpassed only by the joy of the Lord in your heart. Greet Jason and Heather, being strengthened by the Spirit of Christ in the community of Christ. The best is yet to come. Greet David, one to whom the Lord speaks clearly. Thank you for listening and for your love and brotherhood in Christ. Greet John, in whose heart the Spirit is moving powerfully. You have no idea what God is going to do with you. It's going to be great. Greet Daniel and Jacob, apostles to the students of San Antonio, whom God has anointed to reap an abundant harvest that will impact generations to come. Greet Andrew and Amber, whose enthusiasm and kindness blesses the body and helps us praise the Lord. Greet Jed, whose peaceful and prayerful spirit and whose marriage is a great source of comfort and support. Greet Mark and Marianne. May the God of peace continue to uphold and strengthen you as you love many and serve many, young and old. Greet Laura, upon whom God has placed this creative spirit, just like he did, upon those of old, who's alongside Rick and and Drew and Andrew and Daniel and others, making... Tables and sacred walls and a processional cross that's about to come. Greet Chris and Becky and Chris and Sarah, Jake and Sydney and Steve and Lindsay, these wonderful new parents in the Lord. Greet Ruth, my sister in Christ, a blessing to everyone she has the opportunity to so graciously touch and whose lives are being transformed around her. Greet Michael, who stirs with a passion for the Lord Jesus Christ, and who is affecting the lives of students not only across the city, but across the nation and the world, who will forever be changed and transformed by your gospel ministry. Greet Daniel, God's masterpiece in Christ Jesus, whose faithful servant, Service and love for the Lord delights him. Greet Jim and Chris and the love and peace of the Lord that he might continue to fill their hearts and their home. Greet Nathan and Katie who love and serve the Lord in so many ways. Greet Brian and Bibi and Sergio and Tom and Julie and Matt and Bess and Mike and Kimberly and Randy and Michelle and Waddy and Alexis and Tim and Murray and Jeff and Margaret and Richard and Emily and all the saints of Christ Jesus who are a family because of his grace and for his fame. Now, I apologize. I'm sure I left people out. But if you notice, I walked in here 10 minutes late. I did the best I could. If I left you out, I'll get you next time. But I want to close with this because I think think it summarizes what we're talking about. Um, In his book, Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this way I have community with others, and I shall continue to have it only through Jesus Christ. And the more genuine and the deeper our community becomes, the more surely will everything between us recede? And the more clearly and purely will Jesus Christ and his work become the one and only thing that is vital between us? In other words, among everything else, the one thing that we have in common the one thing that brings us the bond of fellowship and the unity of love and peace is Jesus Christ and the message that he's given us to give to others. Let me pray. Father, we humbly beseech you To send your Holy Spirit to touch the hearts of the people of San Antonio. We ask you to encourage them to seek the living truth, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and His holy church. We pray that their hearts may be turned away from the temptations of this world and from the words of heretical teachers. We also pray for ourselves that our hearts would not be hardened to the gospel, but that we would be living lights and representatives of our Savior. We pray for the church, that it may be a true haven of rest, encouragement, and hope for all who call it home. And we pray that all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be one, even as you and your Son and the Holy Spirit are one. Amen.